All right. Hello, Vinedown audience. It's Emily. We're here on Thursday, as we always are, talking about recruitment. We are just back from NACAC. I feel like I just got off the plane like five minutes ago, and yet it's been days. Um, I hope all of you who went had an excellent, excellent conference and very smooth travel. I hope anybody who didn't go, you're not dying of FOMO. Um, it is a lot of fun. It's a great conference. It really is the conference where you end up giving way more hugs than handshakes. And um, this year was special for me because it was the 20th anniversary of my first NACAC. Um, I've missed a few here and there, but um, yeah, it's just really special to be sort of watching how that space has changed over the 20 years. Um, it was wonderful to see all of you. I'm really excited for our show today. We went from having like a kind of a lackluster show in the beginning of the week. We're like, what are we going to talk about in the vine down? We're tired from NACAC. And then uh, as we started putting together the show for this week, we realized we actually have some amazing, amazing things to talk about. So I'm like extra excited about the show. I know I'm always excited about the show. I'm extra excited about the show. Um, we are here to talk about actually actionable activities for recruitment. Um, if you haven't joined the show before and you haven't met me before, I'm Emily. I've worked across four companies in higher ed. I reckon I've worked with about 500 admissions offices through Student Search consulting, CRM, all of the things. Uh, so I am um, really excited to talk about things that can actually happen in the fall um, for recruitment. So I hope that we can talk about some really key takeaways. And I say actionably, act, actionably, actually actionable. I shouldn't have put this in. It's too many A's. Activities, because I feel like I sit through a lot of webinars on best practices, and they're all great. Like They're truly great best practices. But like, what can you actually do right now to move the move the measure on um, who, who you're going to enroll and how smoothly it's going to go. I think it's just unreasonable to think like you could blow up your whole comp flow or you could implement a whole new CRM in a fall season. Um, so I really want to talk about things that you can actually do. Um, just a reminder, if you're joining us for the first time, please use the chat feature uh, in LinkedIn live. We can see those chats. I actually had one person promise me that they would arrive and heckle me uh, in today's show. So good old friend from NACAC who has promised to heckle me through the chat. So that's something we can all look forward to. Um, please do use that. So today we're going to talk about a couple of things. And I want to make sure that you all understand what College Vine is, because if you're new to College Vine um, or you don't know what College Vine is, you might be a little lost in some of the context that we're talking about today. So you can think about College Vine as really completely different than any other lead source out there. Um, and I've used them all. Uh, we are a professional recruiting network for high school students, and I think thinking about us like LinkedIn is a pretty good is a pretty good parallel. And I know all of you know about LinkedIn because you're on LinkedIn right now. So students are coming to College Vine, creating full professional profiles in order to get recruited by colleges. So it's really different than traditional methods of recruitment, where a student takes some action not related to hearing from a college and then like starts hearing from you. Um, so students are really here explicitly to get connected to colleges. And the way it works for colleges is that colleges send out connection requests to students and the students either accept the connection requests or dismiss them. If the students accept the connection requests, then you get all of their full profile data into your CRM as a super deep inquiry. So th they apply at least a 20% rate. And the reason that we maintain such high performance with these inquiries is that um, students can only connect with a certain number of colleges, like max is 20, average is eight so students are really carefully honing the network of colleges that are in their world. And students are very selective with who they choose to connect with. Um, so we have 2 million students on our platform, hundreds of colleges recruiting and thousands of gu guidance counselors as well. 
So again, like LinkedIn, we're like the place where everyone comes together um, and gets connected. Okay, so that's us at College Vine. We're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about four things. We're going to talk about applications, communications, operations, and sort of how you can approach travel and events. There's sort of four buckets of things that I think are actually things you can do today to make changes today to get through some of um, to to make some changes to improve your cycle and your enrollment now. These are not like big, like blow it up and hire a million dollars of consultants to do it. This is like stuff you can do with your team this afternoon. Okay. So let's start with applications. Um, I built a lot of applications for a lot of schools. And there are three things that I think can happen um, right now uh, that feel pretty simple. So if you want to raise your apps, if like your app number is something your leadership is really focused on, or your president or your board is really focused on, um, if you want to raise your apps, you've got to drop your fees. Like it's simple. And if your board is saying like, well, but we have all this revenue from our application fees, like, okay, how about the revenue you get from a tuition paying student? Like, do we like that too? There's sort of a short game that you can play there. And and like upping your apps, I, I don't think solves all your problems because it creates potentially yield problems later on, especially if you if you get like enormous volume that creates a really soft yield. But especially if there's a short-term perception issue with your board or your leadership, where like everyone's focused on app numbers, then dropping fees, application fees, and getting uh, some offers for waivers will definitely help that. Um, I think also in terms of like raising your app numbers, it sort of feels related to some companies conditioning us over time to think that all problems are sort of solved with an inflated application pool. Not all of them are, but sometimes we're in a volume game, especially in a short-term like in short-term enrollment and funnel growth. If you can think about it this way, like if you're a baseball player and you have only a certain number of at-bats, like you're only going to make a certain number of stats. So that's like a failed sports metaphor. I should not be allowed to make sports metaphor. If you saw the Vine Down Live at NACAC, you will know that I should not be allowed to do that. Anyway, more applications will give you more at-bats to make a difference with those students. So the fee waivers is like the shortest thing to do that. I'm not saying you have to do this across your whole application pool. We are savvy enough, guys, to do this for certain segments of students, whether it's like for a high school visit you might be doing or for um, for something for another segment or population of students. Like just think creatively about what segments you could offer a fee waiver to. The second thing is to go through your app with a machete. This is your like closet of clothes that you're looking at once a year or once a season to go through and take out the stuff that you don't wear. And in this case, the stuff you don't wear is the stuff you don't need at the time of application. If any of you have social security out there on your application and you don't need it until the time of enrollment, take it off now. This is not something that like, if you if you need a field later on, okay, fine, defer it, ask for it later on at the time of enrollment or the time of commitment. But an application can be really think about that as like a, a the, the spare process that every student needs. Like every application now has conditional logic where you can show and hide fields or choices based on who the student is and what their journey is. Great. Use it. Um, the other thing to do, I think, right now is to get a perspective on direct admission. Direct admission can mean, I think, to a lot of people, a lot of different things right now. It's a new thing in our space. This could range from you thinking that direct admission is like on the spot admission where you're giving a decision on the spot. Um, it's sort of like a fast turnaround. It does, I guess, allow you to shift your focus on like instead of transactional, like stage to stage moves. It allows you to focus on more 
transformational relationship building with a student, that's cool, but you have to make sure that you've got that nurture program coming along behind an on-the-spot admission. Um, direct admission, if you're looking at that though, that's like you are offering student admission, not offering like, if you apply, you will get in or gosh, I really like the sound of you. You should finish this application and you'll get in. I'm saying like you have enough insight into a student profile that you can make an application decision and you are in admitting that student. Like you can do that through a vendor. If you're doing it on your own, that's cool. But like know that you can't reach outside of the pool that you already have, your senior, senior inquiry pool, which may be fine. Like you may have enough seniors in your inquiry pool that you could roll your own direct admission. If you're looking at doing this with a vendor, please, please, please get intense with that vendor about their perspective on how wide of a net they cast. We have a direct admission product. We cast, we have our schools casting very segmented and targeted nets because we don't want to blow up your application pool and therefore torpedo your yield number with way too many soft applications, right? Like we serve up, our machine learning tool serves up only students who are highly admissible and high affinity to you. Um, and that's how, that's our perspective on, on direct admission. If you're doing direct admission with your, an in-state vendor and you need more app num vendors or app numbers, think about hiring a vendor to go do app direct admit out, out of state, like the, the students you're not already going to get. Okay. So three things with applications that I think about. The next thing that I think about is communication and comms are tough. Like this gift cracks me up because it's like, Elmo is just like succumbing to the wills of the universe. He's like, I can't. I can't, I'm just going to burn down. And that's what like, that's what it feels like when we talk about like rehabbing your comm flow. And, and I totally appreciate, I've done this with so many schools over the years. Like I, I deeply appreciate that doing and rehabbing your comms is like getting a plane in the air, building another plane, and then managing all the planes that are like flying around in the air with air traffic control. Like it's not easy. And I'm not going to say that it's like reasonable right now to like blow up your comm flow, right? Like if I told you, okay, you're only going to be successful if you write like 15 new emails, like, okay, that's not reasonable. What you can do right now is to be in a state of sort of constant tuning. Like you can do some tuning. We have a free tool for this that I, we've not shown on the Vine down yet. We actually haven't promoted this all too much. It's, it's super cool. So we have the eco tool. Um, which is a free tool that that shows uh, that shows like how your how students would react to your um, to your email content. So ECO stands for Email Content Optimizer. Um, this is a very cool tool. I'm going to show you how to use it. So please like take out your phones, do the thing with the QR code, and get to the web. It's also just go.collegevine.com/eco. Okay, free tool. Anybody can use it. Um, and I have some lovely email content knocked up. We're going to do this right now. Okay. So I have the email content. Um, I have the email um, content optimizer right here. You can hit this link, go.collegevine.com slash eco and click test your emails. Once you click test your emails, you can paste in some email content that you have from an email that you're using in your Comflow. Put in the subject line and put in word for word the email. Um, once that's in, this is just, this is, this is a real but neutralized email about like getting students to apply and talking about the essay prompts for the school, real, real essay or real email, um, not a real school. I know you're shocked that ABC university does not exist. Okay. So we have sort of a middling score here. So we've got a poor subject line and kind of like poor score with, with overall here. So like the spam factor is 76, school perception is 81, quality 86, readability 38. So 
we've got like sort of high on the spam. Um, we're high on school's per perception. Um, our quality is pretty good, but our readability is pretty bad. So the tool is actually giving us some suggestions on like what we might want to do to tune this up. So the headline here is telling me I can emphasize this exciting opportunity and I can get like a stronger message here, a message starter. So I can get more engagement if I make something more, um, if I make the subject line feel more actionable. Um, the other thing here is that I can create curiosity in my subject line, um, which makes it feel like something that's going to move me forward in space, except instead of just like an announcement that I don't, might not care about if I'm a student. So creating curiosity through the subject line will get more openers to your email um, and, um, and therefore like set the stage for you to, to make the ask or do a call to action in your email. The fourth thing here is, is the headline on focusing on benefits rather than like a lot of information, right? This email is telling us a lot, like, it, and it's asking us to travel a long way mentally. It's like, we have these prompts and here are some other prompts. Like, how do you think about it? And it's sort of requiring the reader to do like a bunch of gymnastics, I think, in reading this email or mental gymnastics. And I think the the sort of through line through like, what do you want the student to, to understand? And then what do you want the student to do? I think that can be compressed quite a lot. So here in the calculator, I can, um, I can make changes to my email, reanalyze it and get to like slightly improved emails. So again, I'm not telling you to like go all Elmo and like burn it down. You don't need to do that. Nobody has time to do that. So don't do that. Um, I'm talking about being in a state of sort of constant and consistent tuning to your Comflow, right? Like we all have CRMs now. Those CRMs should allow us to um, go through and make these changes in a way that doesn't like kill us. If you're curious about our methodology here, all of that's available, um, as well as bigger and better explanations about like how we view spam factor, quality, readability, all of those factors. Um, so I would really, really help ask you to go do this with your tools. Like again, free, you don't have to log into anything. We'd love to chat with you about it, but this is free and available for you. If you're not doing any testing of your email, this is a great way to start. Testing emails sometimes feels hard and sometimes feels slow. Like, well, what, what are we going to do when we test our emails? Like, what are we going to learn about it? Um, and I think this is a place that we can actually get actionable changes to content for our messages, whether those are text messages, uh, email messages, uh, messages that our students are, are, that our schools are sending on College Vine. So whatever the medium, test your content here and we'll give you some feedback on um, how good or bad it might be. Um, happy to take questions from the audience. I haven't seen any come through, though I know a bunch of you are out there watching. Hello. Um, so happy to take questions if you want to see it. And I'll leave, again, this link, go.collegevine.com slash eco. Cool. Okay, the next set of things. So we've talked about applications, and we've talked about poor Elmo burning down in his communication fire. Um, we're going to talk about operations. We almost booted operations out, but because I spent so long in CRM world, I worked um, for two different CRM companies in higher ed. I cannot, I cannot drop the intensity about clean operations. And I've worked with so many schools who have enough like dumpster fires burning um, that make it really hard to do day-to-day -day behave the behaviors of recruitment, right? There are some quick things that I think people can do about operations or some sort of tenants to adopt that that will help operational health of your enrollment office. I have talked to countless institutions in the last couple of weeks who have lost their admin. You need to fill your admin position. I'm going to say something potentially like hateable for anybody out there who's more on like the recruiting side of enrollment and less on the op side of enrollment. Like I kind of hate myself for what I'm about to say. 
I would care that you have a filled ad CRM admin position or that that's resourced more than I care that you have a counselor. I know, like maybe that's a scandalous thing to say in this room, but I'm saying it anyway. Like I would care that you have a functional CRM administrator or a team that does that or like a functional relationship with your CIO group uh, who could do that for you more than a counselor. Um, if you don't have that position filled, fill it. Advertise for it. Think about going remote with that position if you're a school in a really rural area that can't resource folks to like come move to your town and be paid poorly to run a whole system. Like I, I understand that money is tough. Moving people is tough. This is a role that you could consider running remote. If you're interested in that, I know of a couple of schools who are doing this well, having their CRM team or their ops team um, doing that remote. I'd be happy to make those connections for you if that feels reasonable. If you can't fill your admin role, hire a company. You've got suddenly, like if your admin quits, you suddenly have money on the table. There are many companies who do CRM work ad hoc really well. Like you could outsource this, right? Um, if you want to know who those companies who I think do that well, like let me know. Happy to share. Um, please build a culture too around identifying and solving your CRM problems quickly. This stuff festers big time. If you can't get at reports and you can't get at data and your team doesn't know what behaviors actually move the needle for enrollment, like you're, you're done. Um, the other thing that I would recommend is draw your teams of fo focus to leading indicators. And like this focus is not something that enrollment leaders do particularly well in my estimation. We focus really well on lagging indicators and the lagging indicators are the things that describe past performance. That tells you what you did last year. That tells you how students behaved last cycles or in cycles in the past. Cool story, informative, part of the picture. I think about enrollment, I think about this time of year is like, if you're an enrollment leader, you're like steering your big boat. I don't even know if you steer a big boat with a wheel, but like, let's pretend you're steering a big boat with a wheel and you're like bringing your big boat into a harbor and you're bringing your big boat into the harbor and you're like looking at land come closer and closer or the docks come closer and closer and you're like slowly driving your big boat to crash. That's how enrollment can feel sometimes if you're not watching leading indicators. Because if you don't enroll your class, you're going to be sitting in May going like, oh, I just didn't enroll my class. I, we just didn't make it. Like we had the goal. We just didn't make it. Unless you're being intense about leading indicators and what those might be. And I'm talking about the number of students you meet in your inquiry pools, the number of outbound activities your recruiters do every day that will get you those at bats, right? Like those are some of the leading indicators that we can look at. The other thing here, and I realize the irony in me saying this because like this is me, I am the vendor. Get your vendors to do the legwork on ROI for you. If you do not have a functional relationship with your client success manager or your account manager, or like whatever these people are, sorry, I'm, I am these people, at your company, at your companies that you work with, please push them to do the legwork. They want to do this with you, right? So when you get like the, hey, it's time for your quarterly check-in, be like, great, here's what I want in this meeting. We identified these enrollment goals. How are we doing against them? How is your product or our relationship contributing to the success of those goals? I want numbers. That will like delight, delight and attract your client success managers all over your vendor sphere. This is what they want to hear from you. This is what they want to do and hustle for you. Especially if you can, if you're in this relationship with your CRM where you're like, oh, CRM, I can't get anything intelligible out of that. Okay, cool. Push that legwork onto some of your vendors, your search vendors, your list source vendors, any of your other point solutions that you've rolled in the admissions office, like make them consistently prove themselves to you and do it with data. If they're not coming to you in those quarterly check-ins with data, like stick it to them and make it happen. Okay. I realize who I am saying that, like I am the vendor, stick it to me. 
anyone should come with a lot of data that should feel actionable. Okay, that's the operation side of things. Now, the travel and events side of things, this is, I'm excited to show you this. We're gonna talk about how to connect with students ahead of travel. So I am a, many of you know this about me, I am a like outdoor recreation enthusiast. And early on in my outdoor rec career, I did a lot of like 30 days in the woods in Wyoming without running water. Like I did all of those things. And part of good to me, part of good expedition behavior, which if you're an outdoor person, you know that what a good expedition behavior is, but preparation and planning is a really important part. Again, too many Ps. Preparation and planning is a really important part of this. Um, this is comes from an old like British military thing, which I think is actually like preparation, prior preparation prevents poor performance. I learned it as prior, prior planning prevents piss poor performance. So that's what I'm going with here. Um, we had a hilarious talk at College Mind this morning on whether I could say piss in the webinar. We agreed that I could say it, but we wouldn't write it. So this is like my brand on that word, not College Mind's brand on that word. Um, we think that uh, prior planning ahead of travel will materially change and become a leading indicator to having success in the funnel in May. Okay, so let's imagine a world, I wish we had like music in the in the vine down, but like do, 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 do. imagine a world where we're planning a trip to Southern California, we're gonna visit some high schools in LA. I had a conversation with a, an enrollment leader at NACAC who told me about how their like high school visits go. And she was like, yeah, it's cool. We set up our table, we do the thing, we like lay out our stuff, it feels really good. And then students walk up to us and they're like, yeah, we heard about you like maybe through your emails. So that's how we know our search campaign is working. I was like, huh? That sounds like something you are reacting to. That sounds like a lucky thing that you are just sort of reacting to. That is like you are maintaining status quo and people like are coming to you, but you're doing nothing to proactively pull them in, right? Like you're setting up your table. You are making yourself available. You're standing still and hoping that students can will come to you. Okay, cool. If you have like a super brand name and you're in like your winning territory backyard, like awesome, that might work for you. For most schools that I've worked with over the years, that's going to be completely inadequate to be like, I'm here putting out the vibe, like students come to me, like not, not enough. So one of the ways that our customers and our non-customers, I'll talk about how this is free in a second, um, are going to make that are making their fall travel way more successful is connecting with students on College Vine prior to going to see them, right? Because again, if you think about like, I'm setting up my table, I am standing still and hoping the students are going to walk towards me, like, okay, cool. But what if you were able to create some action and actually go out and get, like you could control this, proactively go out and get students to walk up to your table or plan that meeting for coffee or book that appointment, right? Like, I think the friction on setting that stuff up ahead of time feels really hard. And like, it, guys, it just really doesn't have to be, okay? So I want to show you how to do these campaigns uh, on College Vine to, um, to go get students ahead of fall travel. I'm just checking in on questions. No questions yet. I hope that I'm like an excellent background to whatever else you're doing. Okay, check it out. So I'm here in College Vine and I'm building a campaign. I know I have two audiences here. One is the audience that is already a College Vine customer and you know how to do this. This will be a review. If you are not yet a College Vine customer, you can connect with unlimited students for free on College Vine. Okay. Ellie is going to, my producer of the show is going to show a link right now that will show you how to sign up to get connections for free. Okay. These connections are free and unlimited. 
what is locked for our paid customers is the CRM integration and getting at folks' contact information. So on our free tier, you can make lots of connections with students, but you have to deal with them on CollegeVine. You can't pull them into your CRM. You can't pull them into other comp flows, okay? So that friction point between like free CollegeVine and paid CollegeVine is getting at uh, students' connection or contact information and pulling that into your CRM, okay? So for anybody, anybody out there, you can build a campaign, sign up for free or for our customers, like you already know how to do this. You're doing this all the time. Snaps, good job. Okay, so remember, I'm going to my on my trip to sunny Southern California. As it was only 32 degrees this morning in Northwestern Colorado, I can tell you that I'm very excited for this fictional trip to sunny Southern California. I am going to build a segment of students that I will likely see on my travels, okay? I'm pulling in some counties from Southern California. We've got LA, Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, Ventura County. And I know that I'm going to do visits at these particular high schools. So I can add in high schools that might be my feeder schools or where I have my travel planned. Okay. This, we did this four minutes before the show started. Okay. Like this is not a time consuming activity. Geos, high schools, whatever you'd like. Depending on any of these other criteria, you can build any of this criteria in. If you'd like, you're looking for students of particular gender, of particular financial aid intent. But for this purpose, we're just going to look at students in a certain geo. And what I might do is add some admission criteria. Like, let's pretend that I'm Emily who works for a pretty selective institution and I really care about uh, GPA. So I might like, okay, I'm really going to say I really want like students who are like a 2.0 and above in those areas. Like I might say like, oh, you know, that's a still five more than 5,000 students. I'm actually going to like boost this up to like a 2.6 and above, maybe 2.8 and above because I'm a super selective Let's make sure that like these students are going to be like high achieving students that meet my admissions criteria, whatever that might be. If we care about test scores, I can add that in. I could even add in their chance of getting in, right? This is something that students on our platform spend a bunch of time doing. I know you might not like it, but they do. It like quells their anxiety of like, where should I look? Who should I put on my list? They spend a lot of time on chancing. Um, we also could be looking for particular personas or areas of study, other interests. So any of these things we might we might think are interesting. Now, because I'm thinking about this for pre-visit rather than just like general awareness stuff, I'm going to bump up the affinity to be pretty high. Like if I'm going to be going to a certain geography to spend a lot of time and the institution's money on hotels and my rental car and like my drive through food, I am going to make sure that I'm going to be spending time with students who are fairly high affinity with us. Maybe I actually even don't want to spend time with students who are like, 100% affinity because maybe we already have those. So what I might do is bump this affinity score up to like 60 and above about, right? These are the students who, um, if they are enrolled, they will very like, or if they are accepted, they will very likely enroll. We could think about affinity in sort of buckets too. Like your, your sort of middle third affinity students are the students who are like on the fence, they need some nurturing out of you. Your very high affinity students are likely heading your way anyway. Your low affinity students are like, you might not need to spend that time. So I might narrow in my affinity. Once I've got an audience that I like the size of, I like the look of, um, I'm going to look to see how this audience describes itself. I'm going to open this window up a little bit so you can see it a little bit better. Um, and this here below the map, it like tells me where these students are. Obviously, 100% of them are in California because I limited that criteria. Um, I have students who are mostly seniors, um, students who have that high GPA, actually 64% of these students are female. Interesting. 
got their racial bre- breakdown, ethnicity, and their personas. So I might think like, oh, I've got like a lot of strivers here. So that's a student who really cares about the name brand of my institution. I might choose in the next step to message them on something that's related to their persona. I'm not going to split it up by persona right now because I want to send a general message. Um, and we know that like these students in this audience, their top preference that they care about is getting a good job in their field. So I'm going to like think about when I'm doing on-campus programming or setting up my coffee chats, but like those are some of the topics I'm going to hit. I've got my audience here of like 3,200 students who fit this criteria. I'm going to say next, and I've already pre-built a message. Thanks, ChatGPT. That is a pretty compelling message to set this up. So this is like as if I'm Drexel University and I'm like, hey, future dragon, ever wonder if Drexel could be in your next adventure? Let's find out. Like, let's connect. I'm going to be in your neighborhood. Super excited to meet you. Um, warmly admissions counselor, Emily, can't wait to chat, right? I might change this message up depending on if I only pulled students who are interested in nursing or only students who have that striver persona, whatever that might be. Once I click next, and I'm not going to do this because like I'm actually playing with fire because this is a real network here. Um, connection requests will go out to all of those students and I'll get connections back instantly. Like it truly happens instantly. I will get connections back of students who fit that criteria and um, want to uh, want to connect with me, right? Like I can even drop in my meeting link of like book time with me at these places. Or if I'm really specific to high school, I might say like, I will be at this high school at this time on this day, like we should get together. It is the same behavior, like speaking of NACAC, what did I do the week before NACAC? I cruised LinkedIn. I looked at all of my friends in my professional network who were going to NACAC. I sent them messages before LinkedIn or NACAC, like, hey, should we get coffee? Do you want to have dinner? Like, should we schedule a meeting? And then what happens at the conference? I have those meetings, dinners, and coffees, right? Like, that is how the world works. Like, you get to someone ahead of time, set the thing up, and then the event happens. And instead of just, like, setting up your table and, like, wondering if the students are going to walk over, you have now warmed up this audience to let them know you're going to be there um, and that they have, like, a personal connection to you and your institution prior to that travel. So the the amount of time that I just spoke about that is like far longer than the time it would take you to set up some campaigns, like overlay your travel schedule. What's great about doing this on College Vine is you set your campaign criteria um, and then the reoccurring campaign requests go or the connection requests just go out from us. Like you don't have to do anything beyond what we just did together. Build your audience, write your message, press go, get on your flight. Okay, that's it. So again, if you're not one of our customers, um, you should strongly reconsider your behaviors and like, screw it, connect with students for free. Okay. Um, if you are one of our, with one of our customers, excellent. You know how to build campaigns. Think about using your campaigns ahead of your fall travel. We are happy to do this enablement work with our customer success team to sort of run the same program with your team to let them know that they can be doing this ahead of fall travel or ahead of each trip. Um, again, your credits unlock student uh, contact information and your CRM export. Okay, so we've talked about a bunch of things. We have talked about all of the things that I wanted to cover. Travel, applications, communications, operations. Hopefully there was one thing, like just pick one thing. I know it's really hard when you feel like you're driving your big boat. You're like, oh, there are all the things that I have to do. Like, I hear you. That's a lot. Just do one thing, like one of these things and your life will be better because of it. Um, Happy to take questions in the chat and hear from all of you. I still have not gotten heckled by my promised heckler. Um, so I'm just making sure that I'm not missing any questions from our group. 
Great. Well, while I'm waiting for questions to come in, I'll tell you about um, upcoming shows. We still have a lot of content from student interviews that we can roll out over the next couple of weeks. Um, we're still going to be talking about student search performance and sort of what to do our EVAT news, um, as we have been talking about. Our team will be at Acrosem coming up. So if you are headed to Acrosem, we will be there. Very excited to see you all there. Very sad to be waiting a whole other year for NACAC, but we'll be back again next year. Um, and we'll see you in future Vine Downs. I'm not seeing any questions, so I'm going to send you off into your day. If someone's outside your office door and you've told them that you need until quarter till to watch the Vine Down, just keep your door closed. Do one of those things for 15 minutes. Sign up for College Vine for free and build a campaign. Like It is that easy. By the time it is uh, 4.45 local time in, on the East Coast, you will have connections. So go ahead and do it. All right, folks, that's it for me. I really appreciate your time. Can't wait to see you next week for another Vine Down and have a great day. Be well, drink water, do all the things. See you soon.